Yeah. Hey, yo, what's up? Hey, yo, hey, yo, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Uh, how's it going? Welcome to the show. I'm Tom McCaffrey. I'm here with Eric Bronstein. And uh, um, said goodbye to DMX. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week when we did the show, uh, he was um, in the intensive care, but now uh, he's he's dead. So, um, and I, we were talking before. I um, it's kind of like I, I him dying made me realize more how much I actually liked him. He was um, yeah. Because when he 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 broke out in '98, and he broke out pretty big, you know, like I mean, they kind of did this with a lot of people. They definitely did it with him, where they were kind of like saying he was the next Tupac. Mm. Oh, really? They were saying that. I don't. Even, I didn't remember. Kind that. of because he was so crazy. You know, he seemed like so like. Oh yeah. Um, he just was. I don't know. I, you know, they say that about like everyone. I mean, not everyone, but they say you know they said about Fifty Cent basically. Yeah. So. But he was good. Like he, um, and then he he did movies pretty fast too. Like he was, um, yeah. he was in that movie Belly. Did you see that? No. What's who's in that? Um, DMX and uh, Nas. <laughs> oh, Nas. All right. It's like um, hype. Williams directed it. Who was like a big video director. Uh, and then um, so it's Nas, DMX, and like one of the um, chicks from TLC is in it. And Method Man is in it. Um, oh wow. It like looks it, it it's shot really well and it looks good. It's just not a good movie. But DMX yeah. is like good in it. Like I feel like he was like a natural. You know, some of those guys like these like rapper guys are just kind of natural actors. Yeah, it's annoying. You're like, oh, they're talented at that too. Shit. I think it's because they like he he specifically had such like a strong persona, mm-hmm. and you know, rapping I think is already kind of like a you're putting on like taking on a role. You know, so. Yeah, he wow. was really talented. It's kind of yeah. um, it's so many. Did you ever, did you follow his career at all? Or I mean, I knew some of his songs. Uh, did he do that song, or is that Ja Rule with uh, is it Ashanti? Uh, yeah, ja Rule, because yeah, he never like because yeah. Ja Rule kind of got a bad rep for doing those like pop songs, like love right. songs. Right, it was like the song "Always on Time." That was Ja Rule, though, right? Yeah, he. Ne- yeah. I don't think DMX ever did any songs like with with women singing the hook. Yeah. Um, he was pretty like, you know, I think that's why people like, he was pretty like, uh, he kept it real, I guess. Just yeah. to say. Um, and, he just uh, was like out of his mind, but, right. but, but that adds to his, uh, you know? Yeah. But then like at the <laughs> end, it's like everything was going badly for him and no one was really helping him out. It seemed like he had no money and, um, well, that happens a lot with these rappers. I'm just looking at just a story that says that scammers are apparently raising money for his funeral. Uh, say, like i guess people are like hey we need money for his funeral but uh, Ooh, trump and mad gates <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah. I i almost am impressed by people who think of scams like that because it's like i wouldn't even think of that you know but i guess maybe he's broke now and they're like oh he needs money for his funeral so people are raising money for his funeral but they're just not giving it to his family yeah I guess so. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, funerals are they can be expensive. Um, it's kind of a a weird thing, but yeah, that 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 makes sense. Everything's like everyone's so fucking <laughs> everything's awful. Um, which is uh brings me to uh, there's a couple of things you want to talk about, right? So um, yeah, well, I just I just saw the movie uh, or the series Them. This would be kind of a lead in. Um, yeah. Which you, it's on Amazon Prime. It's like a new limited series, ten episodes, and um, it's basically about uh, this uh, black family in the fifties who moves from uh, North Carolina, basically from the Jim Crow South to California, because that was like part of the the migration, the black migration. Yeah, because they wanted to get out of the South, and then they, you know, they moved to Compton in the fifties, which is an all white suburb, which I'm like, I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't know. And then no, I um, didn't know that either. It's like, and I was saying, you know, I was watching, you know, I had a joke about this, but like, it's like white people have become so like <laughs> scary and awful. That, like that's like, there's a genre of horror movie now where like the, the plot is just white black people. people have to be around white people <laughs> like that's literally like the plot of horror movies now that's yeah. enough for a horror movie that like because it started with get out like which right. is basically just a black guy had to be around white people for like a weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying there really is 
Yeah, and that's like one of the best like horror movies ever made, they say. Yeah. And like no one really gets killed. I think like two people get killed, but it's not like it's not a horror movie of like killing people. It's just like they're literally that's, what? Yeah, that's true. That's not what it doesn't it's not really one of those. Yeah. It's not. Like they don't want to kill him. They just want to like be kind that's another good one too, because get out isn't they're not racist they're actually like they admire black people they want to become i guess it's about like the woke white people Mm -hmm. who want to be black um but then this one's like a straight up horror movie i mean like they literally they move into this white neighborhood and i mean it's terror i mean i was just terrified the whole time um is it good it's good it gets like a it's it's very like uh it pulls no punches which is what i really liked about it like they don't sugarcoat like they're showing you like how hard it was. Like that's the thing. I think it's good in that way because you know you, you always hear about like oh yeah like you know racism and s- slavery and stuff like that. But like you know people people never really have to see what actually happened even like after slavery. You know like yeah. just constantly being harassed by white people and like these horrible things happen. Like like horrifying things happen and they they like show it you know what i mean so i think a lot of people are like have it's like hard to watch you know what i mean because it's not like a glossed over horror movie um but it's a series or it's a movie it's a series and like how come everything's a series that's it's hard to get into shit anymore because sometimes i just want to watch a movie i think you like go on you go on netflix you're like oh i want to watch this movie and they're like oh it's 10 episodes you're like oh fuck well, I think what it is is now because series are so, – that's kind of what, what the problem that movies are having now is because series, everyone's – people have so much more time to tell the story now, like, as opposed to, like, having to tell a story in, like, an hour and a half, you know? It's yeah. like you have, like, 10 hours to tell the story. So, like, yeah. if they had done this in, like, an hour and 40 minutes, it probably wouldn't have been very good. But it goes on a little mm-hmm. long, and it gets really. I mean, like it, it's hard to. I I guarantee you, people are like, "Oh, th- this sounds cool," and they're watching it and they're like horrified. Like but that's what I mean. It's like you don't need. I, I was saying before, like it used to be like, "Oh, you the people move into a house and there's ghosts or there's like vampires," and someone realized like, "Oh, if we just showed what white people actually did." <laughs> like that's like, you don't need to make up monsters. You know what I mean? Like no, yeah. this really ha- this is just something that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> like, um yeah so yeah. white people are having a very uh yeah i was watching uh this week uh or some of it this you, you see this who killed sarah on uh netflix no i've heard of it though yeah i was just watching a little of it it's just porn it's like literal porn like everyone's porn? fucking each- porn yeah everyone's just fucking each other in it What's it about? I don't know. It doesn't sound like a murder mystery. (laughs) It's something about that, but I can't. It's so distracting because everyone's just banging each other. Wait, why are they banging each other? It's just what it is. It's it's, it's Spanish, so that's from Spain, I think. But, like, is it what's the plot? Just Spanish and they're having sex? It seemed like that's what I got out of it because I'm only half watching it. Are you sure? Maybe you were on the wrong wrong site. But I'm, it just gets me because I'm like, just watch. Fuck, why are you making this thing? Just what make make porn? Why this is like half porn? You know, I don't. Know. Yeah, it's yeah. Some... I, I guess I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like weird. It's like yeah, just make porn. I guess because like there's not much of an audience for porn. I mean, there is, but yeah, it's all gay stuff too. There's gay porn in it too. It's a both. So oh, it's gay stuff. Like like gay and women? straight porn. Yeah, but it's no, like women. Two dudes. <laughs> and it's like it's like that you don't so see- doesn't sound like from the title that i would get like, who killed sarah just two dudes fucking <laughs> yeah pretty much um, yeah i don't understand it at all i'm, I'm not uh i remember years ago i put on like they had a tv show teen wolf mtv was making like a tv show of teen wolf yeah you know and i i know that movie you know and i was like oh what is this this is like five years ago i turned out it's just these two dudes making out i was like <laughs> This is Teen Wolf? Like, what? I don't... Like, where did they get this from? Te- like, I remember the movie where Michael J. Fox was, like, good at basketball, but... Right. Maybe it was the Jason Bateman Teen Wolf 2. Maybe it was that one they were basing it on. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot more gay sex in the second one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let... Her, I'm gonna, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. No, because it was Teen Wolf T-O-O, not even the number two. Like, I'm All Teen right. Wolf also, because they couldn't get Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We have a guest, by the way. 
Um, this is exciting. We have. Uh, you want me to do the intro on the guest? Why don't we do the intro at the same time? Oh, okay. <laughs> can our can our guest is our guest? Can we hear our guest right now? Just to make sure. Uh, I'd like to be introduced at the same time, please. Okay. Uh, okay. One, two. No, go ahead. Yeah, if you can. Um. Our guest for today, we got a very special guest. Uh, this guy is a hilarious comedian and accomplished uh, documentary director. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jeff Cerulli. Everyone, give it up. We have a studio audience now, so. Yeah. That, that was uh, maybe 60 people giving it up, I think. <laughs> um, what's up? How you doing? How are you guys, man? I'm uh, not bad. You know, you guys, are, are you, are you, you forgot to say you guys do a show together. Are, are you guys doing your show again? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It just started back up again. Um, are you so have you been in New York this whole time? I've been in New York. I haven't done a single show this whole uh pandemic. My last show was over a year ago. I just kinda just been writing and just doing other stuff and I was like, I'll take the time off. So I'm looking forward to like just doing comedy again. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah. That, that's probably does it feel weird that you haven't done it in a while yeah totally i feel like uh i'm gonna be rusty as shit so but yeah. you know i don't know whatever i mean not that it matters at all you know it'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get better when i get better and you know look what about you have you been doing any shows i know eric has a little yeah. bit yeah i've probably been doing more Oh really? Have, have I? I mean, well, lately, you, start, you started live. I think a little bit before me. I've been doing live like here. I mean, I I, I definitely went. I was in Dallas for like four months, and I was I I did it there a little bit. I went to these open mics, and like they were like really, you know, one of them was at a club, and people were actually going, and but they were like awful. Like, <laughs> um, they you know it was those open mics where it's just all comics, and they just don't laugh. Because I mean, I was doing like my good material, and they were just like stone. I just stopped going yeah. finally because i was just like i i kind of made a point i mean i don't know if you went through this i mean probably like where i was like you know i don't think i'm just gonna not do stand-up again <laughs> ever yeah did you have that thought like you seem to have more than i did because you haven't done it during this have you tried to do it me no yeah. i I, ha- I haven't really tried i was just like i'm gonna just take the time off that's fine and uh, I was feeling pretty good before, like right when it stopped, I had a bunch of shows and I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, of course, of course, it's just like in your head. It's always like all, all of it's in your head to how well you're doing or how you're how poor you're doing. So I was like, I'm doing this is great. And then the, the pandemic hit um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take time off. And then when you get out of it, it's like anything else. It's like being out of the gym where a party is like, yeah. well, do I want to go back? What? I don't know. Do I want to? Um, but I, I, I am. I, I was writing. I'm excited to, to do shows again. Yeah. Yeah, we um. So before you came on, we were talking about um movies, the relevant topics, <laughs> Teen Wolf two. Oh yeah, Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, you know a lot about movies, right? Yeah, huh. just, yeah, just, team, just Teen Wolf two. That's <laughs> <laughs> and all the gay sex in it. That'd be so funny if that was like because yeah, I was saying that um I you know MTV had a show called Teen Wolf for a while. Do you remember that? And like <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, man, I haven't watched MTV in a while, and like. It's a Teen Wolf, and I, you know, I was like, "Oh, they, I guess they have a TV show like based on Teen Wolf." You know, Michael J. Fox. I was like, "Oh," and then I turned out it was just these two teenage boys making out. I was like, <laughs> it <got> "What?" <laughs> when did Teen Wolf become like? What didn't he play basketball or something? And then Eric said, um, "It yeah, might have been Teen Wolf too." It's a completely different thing. Yeah, it's a completely different. Thing. I would like to see Nightmare on Elm Street two of the series. I think that should get. Do you guys remember that? The deal with that one. What's What's the one with Dream? Is that Dream Warriors? No, that's, that's, uh, that's That's I think three. That's that where is, they oh, get okay. it back on track. Two was the director was gay, and they kind of made it very like gay, like overtly, and it didn't go. It didn't do well because people were like, "What is this?" And then he blamed it on the actor. 
who was gay. And oh, it, he did because that guy was gay. Yeah, it screwed him wow. up for like the rest of his life. Like he, but the director, the director or the actor. It, it. I don't know what happened to the director, but the actor. I know it like messed him up, and he wasn't um like it, it wasn't it wasn't cool what the director did because the actor was just doing what the director was telling him. <laughs> like, and then when it didn't play well, he was like, he's yeah, like, make oh, out with that guy harder. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> Freddie. He's like, hey, you're making the movie really gay. It's like, you told me to make out with the guy. Yeah, yeah. that's what sucks about, people don't understand about like actors. It's like, when something sucks, it's like usually not even their fault, but like, yeah. they can't, they're not going to be like, oh, that cinematographer, Laszlo, so-and-so was terrible. They're going to be like, oh, that one. Wait, so wait, so this was Nightmare on Elm Street 2, you're the saying? The second one, yeah. It was after the first one came out, it was, I guess, a success, right? I don't know. Yeah, right. well, yeah, yeah, it was. The yeah, second was. one, I think, actually made money, but it's, 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 it's gay, but it's, I mean, not that that's, but like, it's bad, too. It's like bad. It's, it's a little campy. Uh, I mean, they all, they all are kind of campy because he yeah. has his lines and they, and they get, I, the first one's a little dark and then they get kind of campier as they go along. Yeah, but they, the they second be, one is just very different. Yeah, people love the second one. Like some people, like I once saw, I saw Joe DeRosa recently. He was wearing a Nightmare on Elm Street two T shirt, and I was like, "To be really? ironic, like, or what? Yeah, to be ironic." I thought so, but he was like, "No, it's the best one." And I and <laughs> I kind of got into a um, three is probably the best one. What? Three is pro- three is probably the best one. I mean, one is is the best. Yeah, one. yeah, one is really good too. Uh, we did a rewatch around um, Halloween. Um, Nikki and I we watched the first four, and then she just kind of got fatigued. I thought we were going to watch them all, and then when it got to like one Dream was Child. yeah, one was good because it's the first one, and it's like you know it's the first one, so you want to see how it started. Second one is funny because it's so like offbeat and like the gay stuff that you're like, this is like, what, what happened here? The third one is like legitimately pretty good. The dream. The third Warrior. one's good. Yeah. And then the fourth one gets to like what the formula of those movies are like, where it's just like, you know, he becomes like ki- funny. Yeah. It's campy yeah. and there's these kids and then they die and then there's new kids. And then she just got kind of tired. She's like, all right, we're just, we're doing new kids now. And, um, we didn't get yeah. to five or six or new nightmare. I remember being disappointed about new nightmare when I was a kid. Cause it was like offbeat and it's like kind of like a postmodern. How Freddy. does it play now? I did. We didn't get to it. We only oh. watched one through four, but I would, that's the one I was curious. I was like, I bet I would like that more now. Not yeah. as like a 14 year old being like, I want to see Freddie say like, quirky lines and kill people like i mean it's, it's you know it's, like, it's probably uh, pretty good it's the chair for you kid like yeah. there's one the third <laughs> one a suck like, face yeah suck <laughs> face um how's this for a wet dream yeah suck face was a was a great term when you were a kid and you're just like i don't i didn't get on the board till later and i was like man i really want to i got a suck face yeah that was a term suck I face with, with a girl yeah well <laughs> one day one day I want to suck face like Freddy Krueger, um, my idol. But yeah, not to go back it. But we, I once on this podcast years ago, we we went through the second one, and they claim I've seen in interviews they claim that they didn't know it was gay. While there, there's a lot of allusions to it though, because there's like, I'll do it. So like, basically, it's usually a girl is the main protagonist in a horror movie, and yeah. like the guy is kind of like helping her. And in this one, it's like the only horror movie where a guy is the main is the main guy. And so, oh. like the whole movie, he's like dating a girl, and he's like, Oh my god, I'm so scared. And his girlfriend's like, I'm I'll, I'll protect you, I'll protect you. So the whole movie, like <laughs> it's just this guy like screaming and being like a total like pansy, and the girl's like oh. helping him. And then there's lines, aren't there lines where like he's like Hey, he has like a best friend. He's like, Grady, can I sleep with you tonight? Like he wants to sleep in his room. And he's like, yeah, yeah there's a girl. He's like, there's a hot girl who wants to have sex with you. And you want to sleep with me? Like that's like a line. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was movie. weird. There was weird chemistry between like the cool guy and him. And they kind of were like hanging out and like wrestling. Yeah, there's yeah part- it's totally uh, how homo- it was homoerotic. This is why it was so fucked up what mm-hmm. they did to the main actor, because this was all written. This wasn't the actor <laughs> doing like stuff off key and he's like improvising and we're like, hey, no one can stop him. Like it was all in there. Yeah. So for then the director to sell him out after and be like, oh yeah, there was this kid. Uh, and it was like, There's a part where they're wrestling. Written. There's a part yeah, where they're, they're like, wrestling and their pants come off. They show like their asses. Like really? it's like <laughs> it's totally like a gay dude directed. Like, yeah, right. Like it was that guy. It was like, hey, no, I have to have my pants off in this part. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's just well, taking the production over. He's making <laughs> it so gay. Um, but you want uh, so you you made some movies, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I wanted to get into this because yeah, but like documentaries a lot. So yeah, I yeah. did a bunch of shorts. I did two documentaries. Um, one on competitive eating and one on an old joke book called Truly Tasteless Jokes. Oh, right. Called Tasteless. That kind of gets into like this joke book and comedy now. I talked to the guy in Canada, Mike Ward, who got in trouble for telling a joke, which is kind of obviously Canada has a different set of rules. They don't have like a First Amendment like we do here. Um, he got in trouble. So, what was the joke he got in trouble for telling? Well, here's the thing. It was a public figure. It was a kid who went on TV like a, like a Canada's Got Talent kind of show. And he was singing and he, he had like uh, some things wrong with him. I forget what it was. So I, I think people thought he was going to die, but he, he wasn't. He was like a sick kid, but he was, he's fine. Mm -hmm. So the joke was that uh, people were like berating him. Like he was like, he did the like, oh, he sucks. He can't sing. This kid sucks. And the joke was that it's like, hey, guys, come on, be cool. This is his like wish. He doesn't have that much to live, mm -hmm. like blah, blah, blah. So the family sued him and actually won, and he owed them like forty thousand dollars. Wait, they sued him for what? For just saying he for was going to die? For defamation and slander. But that was the joke. Oh. The premise of the joke was that like everyone's being too mean to him. This is like his make a wish. Oh, uh, it wasn't he got, really a make. -a and then okay. he got mad when he found out he's not dying, and he's like, <laughs> "That's like that's a joke." Yeah. So you know, whatever you think of the joke is fine. This wasn't some random kid that he's like, "Hey, let me make fun of this." You know, this kid was like a famous kid by all means. He was on, he sang for the Pope. He was on talent shows. So the family sued him and he, and he lost. Like, and he, he's on the hook to pay them. Like, you know, I, again, I think it's 40,000. It's been a little while since I, I was like doing this movie. Um, but that was the one that came out and it's on Amazon and Apple. If anyone wants to check it out, it's called Tasteless. Gets into this old joke book called Truly Tasteless Jokes. Yeah. Like this offensive joke book from when we were kids. Yeah. Do you remember that, Tom? Do you remember that I joke? I do, I remember. Yeah. I remember, um... Was it banned at placement? Was it banned in countries? Um, I don't know. I don't think it was banned, but it was like, you know, it was like controversial for the time, which was just basically like writing letters to like the publishers. Like there's not much. What, you what can started do that. Yeah. what was what started the idea to do to do a documentary about it? I did it, it with the a comic Matt Ritter, who you know. Yeah, I know Matt. Yeah. I remember I actually was, remember when he had like you guys had just sold yeah. it or something. Yeah, and he was like, Hey, do you remember Truth Hits Jokes? Did you know it was written by a woman? And I go, Oh, that's uh, interesting. I was I like, didn't yeah, and I was like, that'd be interesting to, if we could talk to her. And I don't think we knew what it would, was going to be. I was like, maybe this is going to be a six-minute thing, a ten-minute thing. Ended up being an hour um, because we went into like comedy now and the, and the case in Canada, like I said, and um, just kind it's of pretty, something. It's something it's pretty timely comedy. with the cancel culture and all that yeah. stuff. Comics looking at the books now, how yeah. it's kind of like it's just it's like it's like an old relic because it's so it's like first of all a joke book. It's like weird yeah. that it's like the idea of reading jokes like that, like street jokes like that so they really um, are some of them really really dirty yeah i mean some of them are just very like uncle jokes like they're just like bad uncle jokes and then some of them are like yeah he you know they're they're terrible can you remember any like bad ones off the you top know the, here? you know the, the, the what's funny is there'd be some in it that i could remember from my childhood like one like hey blind guy walks by the fish market and says hello ladies like I remember that from when I was a kid <laughs> and then when I was looking at the book and I saw it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's where that joke is from. And when right. you're a kid, when you're like 13, you're like, I don't even think I got it. I don't even think I got that. The like stereotype that, you know, women's, you know, vaginas, right, smell, right. Like, but it was just like, Oh, it's like dirty when you were a kid. So it was I kind remember, of like, yeah. And also a lot of Polish jokes. There was a, a yeah. lot of Polish jokes. I remember because like a lot of people we talked to would be like, this is where I learned that, you know, Polish people have the stereotype that they're, you know, not intelligent. It was sure. from these books. Mm -hmm. I never heard of that before. I didn't know any Polish people at 10. Right. And, but the, the vagina smelling like uh, fish, that's not a true stereotype, mostly, right? I mean, who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's mostly not true, but I've, there's well, been a couple examples all of these stereotypes are based on like some little truth or the idea of what people think that's the truth. And then it just kind of goes from there. I think, it, I mean, but what about, I think uh, the, in the shape of water was true, right? But that, that was a dude, right? <laughs> yeah. By um, the way, I was telling my dad about the, my octopus teacher, which I didn't think was a real movie at first. It was just like a Netflix screensaver. Do you know the documentary that's nominated for? No, it's what's it called? Oscar? It's called my octopus teacher. 
No, what's that? It's basically, well, this is how I describe it to my dad because he's like, oh, I was looking for something to watch. And I was like, hey, you can watch this movie. This guy um, goes every day underwater and he visits this octopus and he studies it. Now, I think he puts a lot more onto the octopus than the octopus actually puts onto him. Like he does a lot of like, like what is the thing called when you put stuff like uh, on Projection. an animal? Yeah, oh. he projects, whatever. And um, Bestiality? it's kind of, no, so that's no. not something like that. I was like, Wait, he's fucking he, the uh, octopus? No, I was like, All it's right. this guy, he forms a relationship with this octopus and he's like, starts giggling. And he's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to watch that. And then he brought up the shape of water. And I was like, no, 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 it's not like that. It's not, he, it's <laughs> like, he just hangs out with the octopus and observes it. He does not try to have sex with it. Right, but right. That's what he was like giggling. He's like, oh, I don't think that's for me. I don't think a guy forming a relationship with an octopus, no thanks. <laughs> what um but um is this from the book because this is a joke i remember hearing young and again like i i think i looked at that book young and i didn't understand most of the jokes but yes it became a joke i heard a lot it was um what do you call a lesbian eskimo a klondike yeah i think uh-huh. that was in there too i, I think that's that from too. there and i remember hearing that young and being like my and I was like, oh, all right. Like I, I think I pretended I knew, and then like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I later figured out what it meant, and um, it's really like a horrible. Jo- it's really bad. It's really like, um, really mm. offensive. But I guess that oh, was part the, of the, the they had a lot idea. of dead baby jokes. Those were big, yeah, of course. Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. I mean, you're just going for just shocking stuff. I mean, this is also the '80s, yeah. So you have to like put like you know a lot of stuff like that in there. And you know, it would, the, the interesting thing about it too, it, it really sold. It wasn't just some like random thing. It really yeah. it was like on the New York times bestseller list. And then some of like the normal like authors got mad. So they had to put a special section for it where that's where um, special interest came from because some of the people like on the normal list were like, well, this is just like a joke book. So that's where special interest and other came from. So do you talk about that in the documentary about yeah. how like, well, but that, and also like, how culture is now with cancel culture and how like this kind of a thing maybe couldn't like if that came out now people would be really yeah. mad right yeah we we get into that again it's about the joke book you look back on these jokes and then it gets into where we're at now with again the guy in canada i talked to this comic Alison levy who did a joke about gun control and people got mad at her and it's like this this thing this i remember joke. that didn't she yeah. do it at like the cellar or something yeah what was no, the no, joke it was on twitter it was just on twitter, was on twitter. what it was, was the joke you know, basic joke um, that she admitted uh, that um, like, oh, I wish um, as a woman, I had the same rights as a gun or, you know, whatever. It's just like a right. really basic joke. Right. It's like, it wasn't bad. one of my best jokes, but it, it's fine. And it proves a point because there is truth to it. And then just conservatives got very mad and like she got death threats and it's a whole thing. And it's kind of that thing we're at now with social media, where it's like the idea of cancel culture isn't new per se. But social media just intensifies it and makes it new where it's like you want to threaten people and you want them to lose their job. And that's where we're yeah. in like such a dangerous territory with like even like a lot of the stuff now. I just can't believe like people care like like the Sharon Osbourne stuff. It's like, why do you care? What, what did she, she do? She like defended um, <laughs> I think the royal family or something. Uh, and, it was, she- and it was like, who cares? Why does anyone give a shit what Sharon Osbourne thinks? <laughs> yeah, and I think she lost her job. Um, whatever you know. What is her job? She's on the talk. On, yeah, the the, the talk, um, which is uh, you really know, like, the View with like Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's very different from the View. Point. It's four women talking. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's not just I don't like what you said. It's that I want you to like suffer consequences. They didn't even try and like pretend like they weren't completely ripping it off. Like this is our <laughs> new show, The Shmew. Right. <laughs> Remember um, there was a bunch of those shows and there was like the chow or something. It was like the same thing. It's oh. just with food. You know, there's like 90 of those shows on TV. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sick of these things where it's just like a few people talking. <laughs> anyway, um, So, so, and you guys got like a lot of big comedians to be in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got a bunch of good comics. Roy Wood Jr.'s in it. Jim Norton, Florentine, a bunch of like, you know, really funny dance. So yeah, kind of people who might be, well, not dance, but like, who, like Norton definitely would be known for like being maybe a little bit offensive or saying things well, that people might get pissed off about. He said he used to read the, he said he used to call when he was a kid, he would call a girl up. He liked and read from the book. <laughs> really just read jokes to try to impress the girl. So that was kind of interesting that it's like, yeah, it really resonated with like, you kind of like, 
I didn't have it, but my friend had it, you know, like it was just like, Ooh. And I remember like, I remember writing like a set list when I was a kid, like in my, in like my pants, like I put it in my, my, my pocket, like, you know, like Puerto Rican joke, poor joke, Polish joke. And like, Mm -hmm. I would recite them to my friends. I'd like memorize them. Um, But yeah, I wanted to just like Mike Kaplan's in it. Like I wanted some smart comics too. Like some like people who are known, like, like to be thoughtful about this. And And he knew, and he knew it, right? Everybody knew it. Everyone knew maybe except like one or two, but everyone knew the book. Um, Were any of them really, I mean, Jim Norton sounds like it was, were, were any of them like huge fans of it? Um, of the book. Yeah, even like Finnegan was like, this is terrible. And I liked it as a kid. I'm not going to deny that I liked it. That would be yeah. like, you know, disingenuous to be like, oh, I never liked this. And then it's they like, did, didn't yeah, they do like it. so many issues? Like, didn't they do like yeah. volumes of it? There were the, so many issues. And there was also a, a movie. There was a truly tasteless movie where oh, it, was, God. Uh, it was a stand up show. And then the audience told street jokes. Oh, God. The host would be like, does anyone have a joke right now? And then there's a clip of it in the movie. Of a woman telling like a dirty joke. The weird thing was that they did Polish jokes, right? With those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I always think that I don't know now if people young know Polish jokes. Do people know them anymore? Like that they're bad? I mean, that they're stupid. I don't think so. I think that's an old thing from from our childhood. The idea of like Polish people not being intelligent. I think that, that, to my knowledge, I would think that that's dumb. And you, and you were saying you think it might start because of this book. Yeah. Um. No, 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 no. It didn't start because this book, but I think that's where a lot of people got it from. If, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't if you, have they known, aware of it. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that's a thing. I didn't meet any Polish people till later in life. I wouldn't have known an. And were you like, school. oh yeah, I get it now? Yeah, yeah I was like the submarine door. I mean, why? How did that start? I mean, what are they like? No, you know, are they known to be really stupid or something? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, funny. You know, the Jewish jokes that they went away. Jews being cheap. Yeah, that that replaced Scottish jokes. Did you know that? No. That like fifty or hundred years ago, Scottish people were known as being cheap. That's why that guy. You ever know that character Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be cheap, and it used to be that was the old joke that Scottish people were cheap, and then all of a sudden people replaced that with Jews, and I think that stuck better. I think that stuck more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Probably think they because, get passed yeah. around too. It's more yeah. accurate. There's <laughs> overlap. <laughs> I'm just um, so yeah, how did that? Um, how did it seem to go over? Like, did you get any um, like good or bad feedback we about the f- movie? We won a few Oscars. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it, those don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, it did well. I got into a few festivals, and uh, this company Virgil picked it up, and they they have a few. They had like the Chris Farley doc and a bunch of cool like comedy docs that kind of fit with them. And it's on Amazon and Apple right now. And you did. um, And before that, you did uh, Hungry with Barry Rothbard, right? Yeah, who you know very well. I know Barry well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's in my movie. He was Um, great in your movie. He's great. in the the shitty agent. Yeah, the shitty manager. I was talking about him the other day, actually, about um, he. uh, I remember he's like, you're so you're so cold. (laughs) You're hot. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, Barry Rothbard is a comedian and actor. He's he's really funny. He's a, he's a really good actor, right? I mean, yeah, he's doing well. He's got. He's, a new movie you, you still, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? He's got a new movie coming out. He's in the new John Cena movie. Yeah, he's like in the, he. I think the first movie he did was the Wolf of Wall Street, the Martin Scorsese yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I remember I saw him like right when he was about to get that or he, I think he had just gotten it. It was like, I've seen, I think I was like more excited than he was. <laughs> um, and then he, yeah, he was in my movie and he, um, he's on, he's been on a lot. Of, wasn't he on a show that actually was like on for a while, but then was it was on, like on ABC. Wasn't it a on, show with a dog or something? Yeah. It was on Downward Dog, which critically did really well. And it was supposed to get renewed. And then something like fucked up happened. It didn't get renewed, but it was like on pace. Like it was by all means, critics loved it. Premiered at Sundance. And then I, I don't forget the story, but something happened at the last minute. It didn't get renewed. And then uh, so that but at least it was on for like a season, yeah. which is oh, like I don't, I, I don't feel bad here. It was on an, an ABC <laughs> sitcom for, you know, a year. That's awesome. Most people will not get to do that. So, yeah, no, like most yeah. especially now with TV, yeah. I, was, I was listening to someone talking about I forget who oh, I think it was like uh, Jamie Kennedy was saying how hard it is to get a show. Well, especially on network go. TV. Did you, yeah, did you see like, re- recently everyone giving Jamie Kennedy shit about the, he was in the anti-abortion movie. And uh, they were like, 
the Daily Beast did an article with him and everyone was like kind of making fun of him that he was in this anti-abortion movie. He's like, oh, I didn't know, man. Like, obviously he's doing it for money. He's yeah. like, I didn't really know. And they're like, you, you didn't know. You didn't know what this was about. You didn't know. He's like, oh, John Voight was in it. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. And like- who, who, What actor was in it? John Voight. He's like, John, John Voight's Vo- Oh, come on. <laughs> he wouldn't know from John yeah, You Voight. can't be in a movie with John Voight anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I just was like, dude, he was doing it for money. Like, what was the name of the movie? Was it a, like a documentary? Or it's what? coming out. No, no, it's it's cut, like it's it's it either just came out or it's coming out. There's a lot of dead baby jokes in it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, but yeah that one was called Hungry, and that was the, yeah. that was like the first documentary you made. That was the first one. It was it was the yeah, it was the first like it was a feature length one, and it was just kind of wild to just like. I never made a film before. I mean, Barry, we had this idea. We always got a kick out of the Nathan's 4th of July eating contest. It's such a spectacle. And it was the year when Kobayashi got arrested. He showed up and they arrested him because like there was a contract. Wait, so who explain? So who Kobayashi? That's the guy you followed, right? Yeah, we followed three eaters mainly. We talked to a ton of eaters. We talked, we went to a lot of events and we talked to a bunch of eaters, but the three main guys were this guy, Brad Shulo and this guy, Dave Goldberg, who got kicked out of the league. Right. Yeah. The, How do you get kicked Shea, out of an eating league? <laughs> the Shea brothers, the guys at Coney Island, uh, the MC, George Shea, they basically controlled the sport per se. Right. Like you sign it, you have to sign a contract with them. So you can't go eat in like unlicensed <laughs> events. You can't do like, you know, you can't go if you're doing the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, you can't go do uh, you know, I, what I don't even know one other hot dog brand. <laughs> yeah. But is that crazy how they breaks. have that? Yeah, Paul, yeah, but you can't go do ballpark Frank. So yeah, so they kind of so there's like conflict of interest. So they got kicked out. Kobe, you, can you move. can you eat it like a hot dog stand, or is that like <laughs> no? You have to get permission. No. Um, so Kobayashi didn't want to sign the contract. He's biggest guy, obviously. And then the Fourth of July, he couldn't do the contest. They're like, well, if you're not going to sign, you can't do the contest. So he went down, went on stage. They they kind of had him arrested, which was crazy. People thought it was staged, but it wasn't. And we just got in at the right time with him. And we're like, hey, we were doing a documentary. We'd love to feature you. And we followed him around with the two other eaters. And it kind of led to him doing his own event and breaking the record that 4th of July. But the thing was, they just like, the Shea Brothers didn't want us talking to any eaters. It was like a big thing where they're like, no, they're all under contract. You can't talk to this guy. You can't talk to that guy, even though most of them talked to us. Um, So yeah, and that came out like 2014. And it did, it did the rounds and festivals and it was on like, it was on Hulu for a year. It was on Amazon prime for a few years. Right. Right. It ran its course now, but it's, you know, it had a nice run. So is Kobayashi still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. They did, ESPN reason- did a thing on him like two years ago. They basically took our idea and just did it. The ESPN version of it. Why is, why is How is he? He's thin though. He's, he's thin, right? That helps you. It helps you to be thin. That I don't understand. Why? I don't understand that. Well, you have more room. If you're like a super fat guy, you kind of like peak with your stomach. Whereas if you're like like Kobayashi or like someone who's like in shape, you just have more room. You have more room to like. Put the so food. that's like a thing people do yeah. as like a job, professional yeah, eating. Yeah, I mean most <laughs> most people cannot. It's like it, it's yeah. like anything else. It's you just gotta like, have a weird stomach or something, right? Yeah, it's like anything else, man. You're not going to be like probably good enough to make this like your living but there's a few there's like five or six that are doing it for a living yeah but i have do, not made do... a living at it i'm actually losing money <laughs> in my experience we we did it <laughs> during the the filming we did a few eating contests did you know that you didn't we thought we would be in it we thought it'd be like kind of interesting if we're like two like schlubs are like trying it to show how hard it is so we did like a bunch of contests we did i did a nathan's qualifier like if i wanted i would have been in the fourth of july and i, I of course i didn't come close wow um, like we did is it really you, hard yeah how'd you feel after it yeah you it's really hard man but it's like you actually like you can't just like it's like trying to enter an nba game like there's training like you just can't just do it um it's super hard uh, the the winner at my qualifier at City Field, I think, ate um, like forty. I had like twelve. <laughs> and you probably so, felt awful, right? You feel awful. I threw up one time after just to get out of my system. But yeah, you feel like you know. I mean, it's hot dogs. It's yeah. What, you does it affect your digestive, like your shitting later? So you're I mean, eating I, twelve hot dogs in like in ten minutes. It's disgusting. It's and you, but yeah. no, no bun, right? Just the hot dog. No, you have to do the <laughs> bun, but you liquefy the bun, so it's all like, 
you know, it's like one motion. You want to, you want to just like make it gruel. You want to make it like mush so it can all go down easier. So does it taste as disgusting? Yeah, of course. <laughs> hot dogs taste disgusting and it, in general. Yeah. No, yeah, I like hot dogs. But they stay on your breath forever, you yeah. know? Oh, I still have it. This was 2014. I'm just getting rid of it. Yeah, no, I didn't want to say anything. (laughs) Even on a Zoom. Yeah, I can get it through Zoom. Um, Oh, by the way, the movie that Jamie Kennedy was in that he didn't know was an abortion movie was called Roe versus Wade. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Roe versus Wade. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought it was. Right, right. There would be no way to tell from that. I thought it was a rowing movie. This guy, Wade, he's great. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was going to like say something like that. Like, what was the name of it? Like, Fuck it, Roe v. Wade or something. I'm not making. Know. I mean, that's a serious thing. That's the name of the movie. I'm not so joking. Well, who are some of the other people in that, by the way? Besides, oh, John you can Voight. tell by the it's is John it like Voight. Scott, is it Dean Cain in it? No, I think it's a John Voight and Stacy Dash. You know okay. her. Um, she apologized for being conservative. To try yeah, to she just apologized. Oh, um, really? She's like, that's I'm funny. sorry, I got so crazy, guys. I didn't mean it. Uh, um yeah why did she why do you think she did that because she did she lose her job or something i mean she wasn't really doing it trying to get more work trump's out of office and it's probably just like yeah you know i didn't really mean that i was just you know come on give me i mean it kind of made her like a little bit relevant again i mean sort of Mm -hmm. i the only thing i can i remember her and was clueless right i wonder if like if you're just like super hot and get a lot of attention young and success and it goes away you just kind of lose your mind a little bit yeah um Oh, it's, I mean, it's got to kill you. I mean, look at Lindsay Lohan. I mean, I know she did a ton of drugs, but someone super famous um, was regarded as like talented, did mean girls. And then yeah. it just kind of fell off a cliff because, um, you know, parent, her parents are crazy. Her mom yeah. was like crazy. Oh, her, oh yeah. Her mom and dad, but like, yeah, she couldn't sustain it. I mean, that's an extreme example, but uh, I think you're talking about someone more who's like super famous and then just, you don't. Know, I guess I guess there, I think there's peaks to everything, right? Yeah. Like you know, you start in a movie and you're the lead. You're gonna assume, like we were we were um, talking about Melissa Joan Hart the other day, who was, was she, like the um, star of Sabrina. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. The lead in Drive Me Crazy was. Was Clarissa. she the one from like Clarissa? Yeah, and now she's just in Christmas movies. She's literally just she was in a movie called Feliz Navidad. Like if you look at her uh, MDB, it's just Christmas movie, Christmas movie. Was that the, the anti-abortion movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'd, so for her, when she's like leading movies and TV shows, I don't think she thinks in 20 years I'm going to be on the Christmas circuit. So I, yeah. I know, I think the Christmas circuit. A, a bummer. Hey, Tom, I got a movie for you. I don't want to tell you what it's about. It's called A Bloody Coat Hanger. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to tell you what it's about. So just use Is your best. About, um, is that about um, the Vietnam War? I, I was trying to think of the. Is that a Christmas movie? Hey, I didn't Pol- know this movie. Trump is my god. Was going to be so pro-Trump. Wait, so like, so you're you're into documentaries, obviously, right? Yeah. So what would you have you seen any like really? I feel like documentaries. I, I'm watching them a lot more now because they just seem better than regular movies. They are like, now. There's a, there's so many now. It's the, the world has changed so much from when we did it in 2014. To right. now of like what is like profitable and what's mainstream because like everybody likes documentaries now because that's what gets promoted on Netflix like the you know yeah. four part um, you know true crime series and they've yeah. got some, some some fantastic ones there's some that are okay that they're just like kind of like sensationalizing a crime and building the story around it and it's fine and there's some that are like really well done and you know really awesome but this like the the market for it is so great that it's yeah. it, it's crazy, yeah. Wait, can what? I ask you the? Oh, go ahead. Was, was it, no, just they're cheaper to make. I think that's a big. Also part cheaper of it to make because yeah. yeah, you're not hiring actors. You don't really pay. You can't pay. You're not supposed to pay talent. Whoever you're interviewing, it's a conflict of interest. You're not supposed to pay them because then it's like they're working for you and they're going to say what you want them to say. So you're not paying actors. You don't necessarily have sets unless you're doing like reenactments. So you're you're cutting a ton of costs. So yeah, that's why they're super profitable. I know now there's, it's like a different a way to. Why. It's a like, different route to get into the movies now. Now you have to become like a murderer. You have to murder, like, <laughs> like you meet with your agent. I don't know. What should I do? Oh, have you tried you know, murdering a bunch of people? Night Stalker's doing pretty well now. Um, but. Um, <laughs> well, did you see funny. that? Um, I think we were talking about the. Uh, they, it was a docudrama where it was like. Uh, what's his name was in it? Um, it was about the college 
College <laughs> this scandal. sounds like my dad trying to get yeah. me to guess yeah. a movie. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, What's I, his I, name? I, I slip on my tongue. Uh, oh, Matthew oh, Modi. it's um the Varsity Blues. Yeah. Varsity Blues, but was the actor? He's big Matthew in the Modine. Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a docudrama, really. Those were some serious reenactments. I mean, they're like you, you usually like you see in these like documentaries and reenactments like really like artsy and like close up shot. That was just straight up like Matthew Modine on the phone the whole time. Like, yeah, I'm going to get your kid into college. Yeah, it's that simple. We're going <laughs> to say she's on the crew team. Do you think that um, Matthew Modine, because he was like a pretty big celebrated actor for a while, like young. He was in like full metal jacket, you know, yeah. and like, do you think someone was like, Oh yeah, in like twenty years you're going to be in documentaries, and it's like, oh, like <laughs> making documentaries. No, no, you're going to be pl- acting in documentaries. <laughs> like, wait, you don't that's even act in documentaries. You do reenactments. Yeah, that's at like that time, what? it's just like lifetime cheesy reenactments. That's literally from like those awful like twenty twenty shows. Yeah. Those those things are one step up from karaoke videos. That's basically <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. You think of Matthew Modine was doing reenactments and documentaries. That's like, and like, okay, what what theater are they going to show? It? Oh yeah, no, that's not. It's just going to be on TV. <laughs> People are going to watch it on the internet. Um, yeah. So like, this is one thing I want to ask. So like. You know, I think people have this idea that if you make a documentary, it's like a lot easier than just making a movie. But like what makes it because I've seen, you know, really great documentaries. I've seen terrible documentaries. Like what what did you run into when you were making it where you were like, oh, what what do we need to do here to make this like a more compelling? Because I think people are like, yeah, just film it and then just put it out. You're still create. You're still like creating a story. Like I think that is one thing that people don't get about documentaries. Like, and I liked um, the Bombback movie while we're young. I was going to say it's exactly yeah. what they talk and it's about. Like, you still have to create a fucking story. It still has to be compelling. It still has to be a story. You can play with the narrative. Like you can play with some stuff. You're not supposed to lie. Don't lie about <laughs> things. Don't straight up like make shit up. But you still have to do it in a like it's still it's still governed by the rules of storytelling. So yeah. that is a thing, sorry, but that is a thing. Because while yeah. we're young, I don't know if you know that movie, Eric, but like the the young documentary filmmaker is, is kind of leading the the narrative of it. Oh. Like he's kind of like pretends like he organically finds out a fact about someone, but he already knows. And he's kind of so it's it's kind yeah. of like true, but that's a big controversy with documentaries now. Yeah, so you- yeah. And, and then he also plays around with with the time later on. And Ben Stiller's like really jealous of him because Ben Stiller's like he's kind of like he's kind of stuck in his life. He's older. Adam Driver is playing the 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 young like documentary filmmaker, and Ben Stiller tries to out him, and it just doesn't uh, work because it's to um her. No one cares. Yeah, to, to who is it? Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Yeah. Charles Grodin playing her his father in law, and he's like, well, he did this and that, and Charles Grodin's like, and it doesn't matter. He's a successful like filmmaker, and he's like. It doesn't matter. That's not what the point of the story is. Like, like you know, he understands. And Ben Stiller's like the art. Like, you can never lie. And it's right, like, right. Uh, it's kind of like was a very good. Story. It was kind of a very good um, uh, illustration of how things were changing. Because yeah, it was very like the older guy is like, but no, no, this is how you do it. And 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 people were like, yeah, you're right. He did do that, but no one gives a shit anymore. Right. Yeah. What was um, the young guy with like James O'Keefe or something like that? Or no, 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 yeah. nothing. Nothing like James O'Keefe straight up lies as a Project Veritas guy. He straight up lies and they kind of manipulate footage with editing. Whereas this is just like, you're, well, it's completely different because James O'Keefe is trying to do like stuff that's like, aha, we got the Democrats. Like this guy's just making a movie. Like it's completely, it's a completely different thing, but he's not, what he's doing isn't, isn't that bad. You're just like, you're making it a little more compelling. Right. Um, Which you kind of have to do because you do have to make a good example is, do you remember there was a movie? Actually, it was what's his face? uh, His first documentary. It was the guy. I can't. The guy who's huge. I did Joker. What's his name? The director. Oh, Todd Phillips. Yeah. Was it the Gigi Allen thing? No, that's the college thing, right? It was Frat House. It was the Frat House. Yeah. Yeah. At NYU, right? No. Was that um, it was they did it at two colleges i think yep. one of them might have been suny purchase i might what i think it was your school eric yeah i think it, it was oneonta i think it might have been yeah they went so they this was in 98 and have you ever seen it because they you know this this shows it, how different it was hbo was a huge deal hbo bought it and they were like promoting it and then they found out that he had like reenacted some of the hazing stuff that they uh-huh. showed just like they had done it with the same 
people, but not during rush week and HBO mm-hmm. uh, cut the deal. They were like, uh, we're not going to show really? it because it's not real. So, but that would not, I've seen it and it's pretty like, I think that's a good example of where he kind of like manipulated it a little bit, just kind of, they reshot some stuff that they had already done. Yeah. It wouldn't matter now. It wouldn't even, I know it wouldn't matter at all now because the, the market is so big that it would just be like, well, that's what, that's what you do. But that, that's how much that's what I'm telling you guys since 2014, it has changed so much. The industry of like, what is like how popular it is and, and like, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the format. Like I, when I see docs that are kind of like a throwback, like a like Jasper Mall or um, something I was watching recently, I forget the name of like the the um, it's like following people around, like it's just like that kind of following fly people mm-hmm. fly on the wall, following people around, like that style is just like no one's really doing that anymore. Really? <clears throat> Don't you think Michael Moore Michael Moore changed things a lot? Because I think he got a lot of criticism for maybe manipulating a little bit, even though I liked his movies, like what he did to Charlton Heston. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of like what is the one? Um, I forget what it was. It was just it felt like old style. I forget what it was. It's not important. Um, yeah, Michael Moore just like I think Michael Moore was like he kind of was like so popular, and then it became a thing where people were like, "Oh, well, that's like his style." Like it wasn't yeah. like he's not just he's not necessarily telling the truth. Like I think I think we all kind of get now that documentaries are the filmmaker's perspective, right? And I think there used to be a thing before Michael Moore where it was like, well, no, a documentary is impartial. You show both sides. And, and then I think Michael Moore, when he got really popular, it was like, no, that's every documentary. Whether you realize it or not, there's filmmakers and like teams behind this that are shaping it how they want. Whereas like, Michael Moore was so in front of it, where it was so in your face that he's like, like Bowling for Columbine. He clearly wants gun control. Yeah. He's against guns. Where it's like, well, this is his opinion. It's biased. But it's like, that's every documentary right. you're just not realizing. And so he I remember also, that a lot around the early 2000s. He also was like one of the first who kind of like, he, he made himself like the star of the documentary. Like yeah. he like made yeah. himself like a personality. Usually yeah. that was not the part. So like, are, are yeah. you guys, like how much would you be on camera in like? I Well, that was the thing with Hungry when we were eating. We're like, well, maybe we'll be in it no promises, but maybe we'll be in it. And that's why we filmed the eating contest. And then when it came time to edit it, we're like, this is stupid. It's like, we have the characters. Um, I like the Q doc on HBO. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that's good. That is fantastic. Like investigative journalism. Like that guy just put his own money in, did the work, got the amazing connections, got the access, getting the father and son and Fred. Like you have the story. You don't need anyone else. You just need those three guys. You have something that no one else really has. And he did a great job investigating this thing. And he basically pretty much got to the bottom. And it's too satisfying too. Like a lot of docs are open-ended. Yeah. Do you think the QAnon one, do you think it's going on too long though? I feel like there's a lot of episodes. Like did you see the Nexium documentary? Dude, that, well, that one was, are you talking about the nine episode one? Yeah. I I thought it was too many episodes for that. Not only was it too many episodes, but it was completely compromised. Yeah. It was nine episodes and it was by people like here's there was a better one on stars called seduce that told india oxenberg's story yeah that one that one's better that one's fine it's good the one on hbo not only was it way too long like how much volleyball footage do i need to say (laughs) right like how much volleyball footage do we need to say they got that footage they got hours and hours of footage i think to go soft on them right like everything was blamed on keith right like none of the other people well well, we were involved we don't know no they were involved they were hazing they were doing fucked up shit but it didn't really talk about it because they got all the footage and they're the narrative in it. So you're going to get all this amazing footage, but you, you got to go soft on them. To me, it's compromised. Like it's completely compromised. You mean because of the people that compelling. You mean like the people that, that are in it that have basically left, have left Nexium? Like they're yeah, they soft. were involved in stuff and they got yeah. off easy because they were the, they gave them the footage. I'm sure it's also it, too. It is too long. Some that happens a lot episodes, with things. Are you kidding, man? I know. Like for I because I watched the the um, seduced one first and then way I better. watched it. And this is a weird thing too that's happening now. There's a lot of like double. Yeah, the double documentaries. <laughs> yeah, the, like the, fire the, um, the two fire festival. The docs. fire festival, and then there. What's the one recent? Oh, uh, the um, Takashi one. Takashi six. Did oh, you? Oh right. But I, 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 the cute doc was six, and you know what? I didn't mind. I, I was a little like, 
Uh, does it need to be six? Because series goes can kind of be a little too long. But I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was, I was good too. I was weighing on every episode. And the thing is, it was just like so information heavy. I think that was a style choice to just show you like you're going down the rabbit hole. This stuff is crazy. There's so much information. And then like when you get to spend time with like Ron Watkins and his father, I mean, that stuff is priceless. Like those guys are behind like they stole kill. And like you're hanging out with them and you're hearing from them. And it's like, it, it's pretty great. So do you think, I mean, so at the end, are they kind of implying that no, he's they're, Q? They're, they're not implying, they're saying he is. So do is you he think he's Q? hundred percent. I, 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 he didn't start it, <laughs> but then they, it's clear when it changed, when he stole it and how he had access to it when no one else would have, because he was the one that was the administrator for 8chan. And he also was lying every step of the way where he'd be like, I'm not that involved. I don't post. And he's super involved. And I saw the videos even before this doc of him talking about election fraud and dominion voting machines. And then for, then you see the doc when he's like, well, I don't really get involved. And it's like, no man, I've seen the fucking videos where you're saying the election was stolen and you have right. full, you are full of shit. Yeah. hundred percent. He didn't start it, but he was controlling it. 100%. Who do he's you think one. did they, um, well, so what happened, what happened to the other cue that he just laughed? He just, just well, gone? what they, what they think happened and the director said this, they, he couldn't prove it, but they think Paul Ferber, which is the South um, African Oh, yeah, guy, I saw that guy. I, I listened to a podcast with Fred. Even before this, I listened to a podcast with Fred. I think it was Reply Hall. Is Fred the small guy? Fred's a small guy, yes. Yeah, small. He prefers small guy, please. Uh, <laughs> he said that it was Paul Ferber. Then he gets locked out, right? Like when, he get, when it gets stolen and he can't say anything. You can't be like, hey, I was cubed. Like He just has to keep it up because then he looks bad. So the director said, I saw on Twitter, he's like, someone was like, who do you think was originally Q? And he was like, gun to my head, I think Paul Ferber, but I can't prove it, and here's why. So I think I think that makes the most sense. It was Paul Ferber, and then Ron and Jim stole it. But you, I mean, I guess some of these documentaries are good when there's like an, an, an answer. Like, remember that well, Robert satisfying. Durst? It's like yeah, the jinx. The, it's satisfying. You the jinx, yeah. That, I think that kind of made it a little, like stepped up, made people step up the game a little bit. <laughs> what did he like, do? He just said, I killed a person when he went to the bathroom he, or something? He had a hot mic, and he's like, I killed them all. So oh. like, you know, being like a documentary filmmaker, like they must have just been like jizzing their pants. They're like, holy shit. Like, but this is like what? <laughs> this is most amazing and so that's the thing like how do you like when you're trying to come with like an audio an audio guy found it i don't think they found it i think an audio guy was like going through footage and was like oh my god that wasn't going to be the the ending was actually supposed to be beverly hills oh really that was going to be the smoking gun beverly hills that was the ending and then i think i think the here's what i think happened i think the show was done beverly hills is the ending and then they were like looking at footage and then they're like, oh my God. And then they shot more and then they put that in. Do you, what, what do you, what would you say is one of like the best documentaries or one of your favorite documentaries? Well, I saw one that's under the radar that I absolutely loved on Netflix called The Pharmacist. Oh no, I don't know that. Did you ever even, you never even heard of it, right? I don't yeah, think it's I have, under no. the radar. It's fantastic. I saw it during the pandemic. This guy is a pharmacist. He didn't know it was a movie about a pharmacist. And, uh, <laughs> He's a pharmacist and his son gets killed. His son's um, like doing drugs and he gets killed. So he tries to find out who killed his son. And then it also looks at the larger picture. This is around like 2000, the larger picture of like Oxycontin being like crazy. It's fantastic, dude. It's four parts. He's really compelling. They have great footage. It's like, it's got everything. It's got villains in it. Like it's got, it's like fantastic. And for something that's so under the radar. Yeah, I watched it like three months ago. That was that, like a fantastic. That's one of those documentaries you find during the pandemic when you've watched everything. My, oh, you know, yeah. that, my friend told me about it. I would have never watched. It. I didn't know about it. My friends, you got to watch Pharmacist. I was like, okay, it's, it's fantastic. I think that's also what makes it so good that it's not like it wasn't hyped, like you know, and it was this thing that it's like, like it was just like, all right, I didn't really know nothing about this besides a friend recommended it and told me like nothing about it. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed um, the WeWork doc too. It's not like the best how, thing, but I just didn't know anything about WeWork that I, w- I was interested. How would you rate Tiger King as a, a documentary? It's, it's fine. It's all character based. Like it's fine. It's like not a great. It's not like a well made documentary. I mean, I guess it's well made in the sense that it's like, I mean, people like loved it, but like it's not like. I mean, they fine. just had so much to work with. Yeah, it was it's like fine. hard. It would be hard to make a bad documentary about that. <laughs> yeah, <guy. laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's it's you just you have it there. I think they were going to do something on like the like a snake or something, and then it got switched when he's like, "I have a tiger in my car," and they're like, "What?" 
Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of starts now, off with like a woman without an arm, and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, it's funny how, and because that's a big thing that happens. And I don't know if you experience this, but like people will start a documentary and then they'll find something else out. Like the Capturing the Freedmen's, the one that I think, it, I don't know, it was oh, on HBO. It was that, What? That was the guy who made the Jinx. Oh, was Jarecki? Yeah. So, yeah. like, he um, was just going to do a documentary about this guy who was the, the biggest party clown in the sit in New York to like celebrities. And then he found out the history of his family, like molesting everybody. And so that became um, the documentary. But it was like they when they stumble. Another one is, did you ever see Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones documentary? I never saw that one. So I've only seen part of it, but it's about Altamont mm-hmm. when they perform. And um they kind of got lucky because they were just documenting like a Rolling Stones concert, but then it blew up into this huge thing when the like Hells Angels, yeah, when they murdered that guy. So that kind of like turned the, you know, something that might not have been one thing into another thing. So I think that's what is interesting about documentaries is how that happens. Yeah. And then they must be so psyched when they're like, oh man, we fucking stumbled on. <laughs> like when someone got murdered at that fucking concert, they must have been like, so they're like, why are those guys dancing around? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty, th- th- I've seen part of that one. It's pretty good because, you know, Altamont is, you know, it happened, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I just Angels. never saw it. I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like they hired the Hells Angels to do security and somehow <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say, so the WeWork documentary, you like that one? I remember I, I was kind of coaxed into seeing it because I I was like, I yeah, it sounds alright. About it, I didn't either. But also, I didn't know. Like, I just was like, do I really want to watch a movie about like office spaces? <laughs> <laughs> was it good though? Yeah, yeah. It was like I just again, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know that it was such a cult. I just knew that it was a guy, um, like you know, it was like kind of like a house of cards, and I knew it was like an eccentric owner, and that's kind of it. And then this guy was so just full of shit. And he's just like, we work, it's a way of life. And we're gonna do this. And it was like, you're just renting office spaces. What yeah. is this? You don't even own the spaces. And uh, people like really just bought in. He got an insane evaluation for his company. It, yeah, didn't, like it, wasn't, it wasn't profitable. And uh, it, yeah, he just kept it going. But he, yeah. it's just like, you I think see the pandemic really, I think the pandemic really fucked that company too. Yeah, it's still around, but yeah. it's like, I, I don't know, you know, how they're doing now but i thought it was interesting just for that but it was interesting thing, yeah the thing i like yeah but did you did you know any of that that like no i didn't know called? i didn't i didn't know anything about him i he literally is so weird and he's he literally sounds like the guy from um the disaster artist you know the yeah room. he does a little <laughs> thing that whenever was so compelling he could just get anything from you and i'm like really i know yes? they're like well, he's so charming it's like hello, hello, hello. Yeah. and they're like <laughs> we work is a way of life <laughs> Yeah, and then like we have this new thing, we live, and I was just—they kept putting we in front of things, and like, this is our new business. I'm like, what, what, we, what does this mean? It is funny though. Like, I started like watching these things about cults, and it's like, I, it's kind of if you break anything down, anything you're involved in is a cult. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's a good point. Well, that was my issue with the Nexium people too. I was like, I like the cults where like people like go off and they want to go do their own thing. Everyone in the Nexium cult was just a fucking asshole who just wanted to be famous, and they're just like, yeah, we're gonna use this to social climb and we're going to just like, you know, we're going to get more acting work and this and that. And it's like, no, you guys are just assholes. Uh, yeah. They always and- ruin it when they bring in like the cult <laughs> leaders finally like, yeah, how about you guys don't blow me now? Like that. It's like, wait, it always ends up the- in fucking, you know? Yeah. It always, it always goes to them fucking everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We got to wrap this up, but uh, this has been great. Uh, yeah. It's a good Cerule. interview. Yeah. Thanks yeah, we for did coming it, guys. On. Um, so yeah, check out uh, uh, Jeff's documentary is Hungry. And uh, what's the other one? Truly Tasteless? Or uh, tasteless? Just Tasteless. Just called Tasteless. And that one came out, wait, you guys, what, distributed two, that well, like a year and a half ago? ago? Two summers yeah. ago. And, so, uh, and those are yeah. on Amazon and stuff and like Apple yeah, it's and on all Amazon. that? Amazon, Apple. It's on all the platforms. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Of course. Yeah, I just were like, I can't. Yeah, every time I see you, you would say that. It's like, so funny. I was hosting a show <laughs> at uh, QED. Shout out to the QED. And Tom was up next and his movie just came out, which I enjoyed. I thought it was so funny. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Yeah, your movie was really funny. I, I, mean, I told you that. And I was just like, yeah, guys, you just got this movie coming out. It's it's on. And I started naming like a few like things. And I'm like, it's on all the platforms. And like the first two minutes of Tom's set was like, yeah, my uh, 
you can watch my movie on it. It's on every platform. I'm on all the platforms. And I was like, is it that bad what I said? Platforms? No, I think I just kind of like, uh, I always like want to yeah. make a comment about something that just happened. It's and so then funny. I, think, I don't know. I think it sounded funny to me that it's on platforms. Because it's, it's just like, what is what is that? It's yeah. on uh, Netflix. It's on the subway platform. Yeah, I think I said something like that. It's over there. It's on the shelf over there. It's on that platform. Is it on Kibi? What is it? Quibi? Whatever that thing went out of business. Man. Quibby, Quibby, bites. That was one of the most enjoyable things about pandemic. Reading, yeah, uh, did it die like immediately? Reading <laughs> negative Quibby stories. Um, yeah, we'll have you on again. We'll talk about Quibby. Yeah. Um. All right. Thanks again, Jeff Cerulli. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Rate and review, and please check out our Patreon and give us money. All right. Thanks. See you next time.